This morning I want to give a word to you I think that is uh, very important and timely with where we're at. It's always timely, but I think specifically it, it speaks to where we are as individuals and especially as a church, as a body of believers uh, during this time. We've been receiving uh, prayer forms and we've got them over there. We're praying over them. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to fill them out, I think there might be a couple left on the tables back there. You're, you're welcome to get up and go get one, uh, but it's a duplicate form, and you keep the white one, turn the yellow one in. We're going to be believing God for miracles. Uh, I see God's already starting to move and shift some things, and the, a few of the things that I know that are prayed have been prayed upon, and I know that he'll continue to do that. There's areas for your personal life, physical, finances, uh, family, other things, praying and agreeing for the church, and I believe that God's beginning to do some wonderful things, so don't miss out on that. If you, if you choose not to do it, it's your choice. I'm just telling you, God's doing something, and uh, you won't want to miss it, but feel free. You can get up now and go get it. This is a, a prepaid announcement, so no extra charge on that. Amen. Hallelujah. So where we're at as a, a church... Uh, last week I, I spoke to you uh, about divine positioning and how it's important to be in a position for certain for everything that we do. Everything, are they all gone? Is there a few more back there? Okay. We can run some more copies perhaps. There's two. Hold off on one and Go make a photo, no, just take it, Could you? would you mind going to photocopy that? Thank you, and we'll get some more for people that need them, Amen. and uh, we'll do that. So the answer to that is, what about the duplicate? Take a picture of it on your phone, and then you've got it, okay? <laughs> I'm learning all kinds of technical stuff today. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So... <clears throat> we were talking about divine positioning and everything is important in life to be in a position for something uh, no matter what it is we need to be in a position uh, if you're working out or you're doing something if you're active in any type of thing there's positions they teach dancers to, when they're very young to get in certain positions that are important for what they're doing uh, sports individuals even uh, Musicians, they tell you to be in position, the posture, the air supply, if you're playing a trumpet or if you're, whatever it is, there's a position that you need to be in. And so many times we lose out on opportunities because we're not in a position. And I, I told you about the, uh, the man who laid at the, the pool waiting for the troubling of the waters that he might get in. Uh, but by the time he was able to get there, uh, someone else had already got the healing. And so he laid there for years, not in a position to receive. And so it's important that we get into position for whatever it is. And I think this is a divine time for positioning for everyone, especially us. So I, I talked to you about Zacchaeus. I've only preached on, about Zacchaeus a couple of times. And uh, the Bible tells us that he was a chief tax collector, which means that he was over every, he was over all the IRS. He was a Jewish person collecting money for Rome. And of course, he was not well liked uh, because of that, because he was considered to be a traitor. But he was a high-ranking official, and he wanted to see Jesus. Remember the key word? But? You all forgot but? Forgot your butt today. Okay. 
a butt was in his way, but he was too short. And we all have problems. There's always something that seems to knock us out of the way. But he didn't allow that to stand in his way. He was unwilling to stay there. He was, his frustration led him to motivation, and his foresight took him beyond where he was. And his faith uh, said that I'm not going to stay on this level. And he went to a sycamore tree. And sometimes your faith, in fact, all the time, I believe that your faith takes us out on a limb. Right? Faith will take you out on a limb. And so anyway, I felt like I wanted to continue on with the faith. And maybe next week I'll talk a little bit more in another avenue of it. After service, Angela came over to me and she said she'd been doing a study on, on faith on Hebrews 11th chapter, not knowing where I was going to go with this. But she showed me her notes this morning. Very good. Very thorough. Excellent job, Angela. And uh, so today I want to look at a scripture found in Hebrews 11th chapter, verse 6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe, number one, that he exists, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Those who come to Jesus must believe that God's able to do it, that he is existent, and that he loves to reward people for their diligence in seeking him. Amen? It's an important verse in everything that we do and and so this morning why don't we say it together okay without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so this morning I want to speak to you a little bit about having a faith lift and I don't have a lisp Say, turn to your neighbor and say, you could use a faith lift this morning. <laughs> a faith lift, not a facelift, a faith lift, okay? It's kind of hard to say sometimes. We could all use a faith lift. So, you know, we hear talk about faith, uh, especially within those of us who believe in the word of God and in Jesus and our, our basis for belief in God is hinged upon faith. And so I want to do a little bit of explaining to you. That, that word impossible always kind of just nod at me, if you would. It's impossible to please God. And a lot of people look at that and they think, you can't please God. But it says you can it's only impossible if you try to please him in other ways. And so if you know the right way, uh, you know what the key is, then it's simple to please God. All right? So faith is di both dimensional and essential. Everybody say dimensional, dimensional. and essential. It's, it's necessary for us in this walk that we live. It's not an optional thing. We hear of people who seem to have more faith than others, and uh, oftentimes we claim to have faith, but yet we don't live our life accordingly. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today, that we need to have our faith lifted from time, always, actually, not just from time to time, but always. And so faith is a dimension, and it is necessary. Now, we understand what dimensions are. If you 
uh, were looking to purchase a house, you probably want the exterior dimensions as well as the interior dimensions of the rooms. It might say, well, it has a large room. Well, what, what is large? What do you consider large? What some person might consider large, another person would think it was small. So give me the actual dimensions. We want to know the length, the width, the height uh, in those three dimensions. And we live in a world today of three dimensions. Uh, actually, four, we have space, so, or, or uh, time, the dimension of time. <clears throat> and so now they have, and believe me, I, I, I can't grasp this in my mind. I cannot understand a 3D printer. That baffles me. I don't even like to think about that. I've never seen one, uh, but I've been told about one. Brooks told me about one a long time ago. I'm like, 3D? What? One of these days, we're going to be like, you know how you order something and you get DoorDash or whatever they bring? It, it'll come out of your printer, you know? <laughs> I want a pepperoni pizza, and all of a sudden, you're, you hear your printer going off, and there comes, I don't know, I'm just making that up. Anyway, 3D printers, I don't, I don't understand it. But anyway, it's beyond me. But they, they're there. But we, we have a dimension that supersedes everything. It's the dimension of faith. It goes beyond what we know as the natural. With this dimension of faith, the natural measurements don't seem to mean a whole lot. I want you to think about that. When they stood at the Red Sea... Knowing that the dimension from where they were on this bank to the other bank was a great distance, I'm sure that they realized that the depth of it was greater than over their head, but yet there was a dimension that they had called the dimension of faith and what God said to hold out the rod over the, the waters, and they parted, and it didn't matter about the dimensions of how wide, how long, how deep it was. They crossed because God made a way. And so there's a dimension that we oftentimes don't really tap into, and it's probably the most necessary, it is the most necessary dimension of all, that we should base our life as being in the dimension of faith. Some of you remember Rod Serling. He played in a, uh, uh, a series a long time ago back with the Black and Whites TV. You know what I'm talking about. And, and anyway, it talked about... Uh, uh, you have now entered the dimension of the twilight zone. You remember that one? Yeah. As though there was something beyond the ordinary, something beyond the tangible and things, and they tried to make up things. And indeed, they were right, but it wasn't like the twilight zone. It's a dimension that I want you to understand. It's a spiritual world. It's a supernatural world. They looked on the, the wrong side of it, and people were attracted by it. However, if we were, I mean, the Bible's full of those kinds of experiences where people went beyond the natural into the supernatural, and we say, oh, that was a fable, that didn't happen. You know. And uh, anyway, my point is, there's a dimension that we need to understand that even today, we're in a, what I want to do is draw you into the dimension of faith farther than you've ever been before. You see, sometimes we get to the shore and our feet get wet with faith, and we have that, and it's necessary but God wants to take us deeper and deeper in faith. Are you with me? So Lord willing, if, if the, what he's put in my spirit today, and I'm able to communicate to that to you, and you're able to hear with ears of faith today, we'll get there. So the dimension of faith seems to be an unseen dimension. 
It's not something that we can necessarily see with our eyes. Sometimes it takes us to a place that we hear things that we don't really hear with our natural ear. Sometimes there's even, I've, honestly, I've been in places before where the presence of God was so strong, it was like a sweet perfume or an aroma of anointing oil, and there's nothing around. And you go, wow, where did that wave come from? It just blows across, and then it's gone. There's things like that that we can understand when you start operating in the dimension of faith that, that we become exposed to that. Now, I, I want to tell you this because this is necessary. How many of you know your life is going to be a lot better if you operate in the dimension of faith? Amen. Right? Amen. So, faith, if I can give some natural uh, comparisons or parallels today I want to talk to you about that of how we can do have things of understanding Jesus used parables in other words he talks about things that they could identify in the natural but gave them a spiritual uh, a heavenly message or to uh, weigh it out so anyway we see here uh, that faith is like a muscle everybody say faith is like a muscle, faith is like a muscle. amen how many of you know that you would not be able to be here today or sit up in that chair if it were not for muscles? Right? right? Yeah. And you don't even think about it. Right? While you're sitting there, I was thinking about that this morning, that two years ago, I, I was unable to, to put my socks or shoes on because if I, I didn't have enough strength in my back, or everything had just... And if I went, leaned over like this, I would just roll in the floor because I didn't have the support. And I thought, my goodness, I didn't realize how important it was uh, that we have muscles that are built all around of our body to help us to function. And I'm not even, you're not even thinking of them today. When you raised your hands, you weren't thinking about your muscles. You clapped your hands, you weren't thinking about that. When you lifted up your voice, you weren't thinking about uh, what it required, the, the lung capacity and all those types of things, but it was very obvious I think that we need to understand that faith is like a muscle. We don't necessarily see the muscle of faith. However, we can see how it gets results, right? Okay. Do you want to have faith this morning? Does anybody want to? All right. Okay, just say, get on with it then, man. <laughs> so faith is like a muscle. And I'm going to do some explanation uh, this morning. We see according to the scripture, it tells us a little bit about faith, and of course I haven't exhausted all the, the countless mentions of faith, but I want to look at a couple of these in here. We see that faith is measurable, yeah. all right? Faith is measurable. In the book of Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2, he says, uh, uh, be not conformed to this world, neither the things of this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And he said, don't let anyone among you, verse 3, think of himself more highly than any other person. Don't allow what you're at in your spiritual life to be better than anyone else. He says, for we all have, God has dealt with every person a measure of faith. A measure of faith. So the thing is, we have faith. God has dealt with everyone a measure of faith. What do we put our faith in is the problem, right? We put our faith 
the same mechanism, the same dimension, the same muscle that God put inside of us to attract us to his miraculous power, oftentimes we look at it in the means of the natural, and we exhibit. We have faith in turning on a light switch that light's going to appear. We have faith that when we get in a car, that we're going to make it to the, our destination. It's faith that we operate, and we don't even think about it. But if we'd learn to operate, and believe me, I haven't arrived, okay? I'm, I'm working my way through it. I'm farther than I was. But when you get to that place that you know that wherever you're going to go, that God's ordered it, and because he called for you to get there, you're going to get there. Amen? So... It's measurable. We know that there's a measure of faith that's been given. Secondly, we see that it's maturable. Second uh, Thessalonians verses 1 and 3, Paul's talking to the church there, and he says, you know, you've been so good in sending offerings and so forth, and he says that your faith grows. All right? Your faith can grow. You've been given a little bit. It's just like a tiny baby who's got all the muscles that are there, but it, without growing, they stay in that infantile stage. So God says, he, he says it's possible for your faith to grow, okay? Remember the situation that uh, the, uh, the disciples were out ministering and they came across a man who was troubled about his son. His son was... Uh, tormented, and he uh, oftentimes would throw himself in the fire or cut himself and have seizures and so forth. And they asked the disciples, they said, come and pray for our son and my son. And in, to, their, uh, to their disappointment, they were unable to do anything about that. And so the man came to Jesus, of course, and Jesus was able to cure the boy and deliver him from what all the torment that was there. And, and of course, answer the prayer of the desire of that heart of the father that was crying out so much for out of love and compassion for his son and so they asked jesus they said hey jesus i you know it's kind of embarrassing here you know <laughs> we couldn't but you did what what happened he says well you had unbelief you had unbelief he said then he says for if you have faith the size of a mustard seed which is very, very little. And we see in Matthew, the 17th chapter, he's talking about that. If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you would be able to say to this mountain, move and be cast into the sea, and it would be done for you. Only if you have a little bit of faith. So we see that faith is measurable. It matures, it grows, it should grow in time. Uh, some people who've been Christians forever still don't have faith. Well, they have it. They just haven't, ex they haven't brought it to the increase. And so it brings them into the realm of the miraculous. Are you with me? Yeah. Faith is there to produce miracles, it might. Right. If you say to a mountain, be removed, and it does, that's pretty much a miracle, yeah. right? Yeah. I think CNN would come out and t check that story out, <laughs> Right? They would check it out. Or anything of that nature, it shows the might of God. And so he says, if you say to this thing uh, and have faith, nothing will be impossible. Amen. Are you with me? Yes, yes. 
So what was our scripture earlier? Take you back there. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus says there, he says, if you have faith, then nothing will be impossible. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. Amen. So we see that we, we can talk about the faith and what it looks like. But here I want you to understand that you and I who have confessed Jesus Christ to be our Lord and Savior... Uh, we walk by faith. And in that scripture, there's 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, Paul is talking to the church, and he says, walk by, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, a lot of people look at this, and they say that it's like an admonition that we need to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And it is, it is an encouragement or an admonition to do so, but it is also a reality that, folks, you wouldn't even be in a Christian life if it weren't by faith. The minute you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you entered the dimension of the faith zone. Okay? Right? Everything we do requires faith. Everything that we do requires an element of faith. You might as well get used to it. The Christian walk is by faith. Whether you use it or not, whether you accept it or not. And we are, every step I take, yes, I'm taking a natural step. Sometimes the things we do, we do, we set out, we do steps in the natural. If you wanted a, uh, a job or something and you applied for it, you would do things in the natural, but there's a dimension of faith that says, you know what, if God wants me to have this, I'm going to have it. That's right? Amen. right? Amen. It puts you into that zone. Now, I think about Dale Gentry, who's been here a couple of times. Dale is a great man of God, teacher, and also very prophetic. And he said when he was growing up, Dale's aging now. I'll just be like that, okay? Uh, He's probably 10 years older than me, about 47 or so. And uh, But anyway, Dale was telling me the story one time of how he grew up in a denomination. His father was a pastor. And he said, uh, he said that uh, they went to try out for a church. And the way it used to be is you come in there and the pastor and his wife would come in. They'd bring all their little children, make them wear suits and ties, sit on the front. You know, they had to follow everything so everybody's looking and all like this. And then the guy would get up there and preach the one best sermon that he had. And pray that they wouldn't ask him to preach again that night. You know what I mean? But anyway, he'd give it his best shot in the morning. And then, of course, they would gather behind closed doors. The deacons would get together, and then they'd call the membership. And they would cast a vote then to see if they uh, would want this person, uh, the, the person who was who a was, uh, candidate, uh, for the church, for the pastor. And so, anyway, there was a a church that they had gone to, and his father said, God wants us to have this church. He said, God wants us to have it. I know it. I can see it. I just know it's real. And so they went there that morning and did all the things that they needed to do in the natural. He delivered a word, and everybody liked it and everything. But some reason, they asked them to go outside. They went outside, and they're standing out there wondering what's going on. Kids are wondering, if this is, you know, and wondering. And of course, his, his dad was very calm and collected, and after uh, a while of, of uh, uh, them inside voting on this and talking it over, one of the deacons came out, and he says, well, he says, uh, the, the congregation has voted, and they decided that uh, 
that you didn't get, you didn't get the vote. You, do, you don't get the church. And Dale's father just looked at him and he said, well, all right, I'll take it. And the guy said, what? He said, we'll accept it. And they said, you didn't understand. The vote says that you did not get it. He said, oh, I heard you. He said, God said for us to come here, so I'll take it. And he said, well, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so the, the guy went back in, told what had happened, and he said, folks, I don't know what to say. He says he'll take it. And we didn't vote that way. Let's take another vote. And it came back unanimously. He got the vote. He was a pastor. He said, well, I figured you'd catch up with it before long. And he had a successful ministry there. But the thing was, he didn't go by the things as they were in the natural. He heard from God. Had he not operated and said, you know what, we'll take it. If he had not done that, they probably would have gone on to somewhere else. And who knows what pastor that church would have gotten. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. So Dale grew up understanding what it was to not accept things that the way they are, but to live in a dimension of the faith. Dale was a sports broadcaster, wanted to do the play-by-play. And in Oklahoma, I think he called a lot of games and so forth, and he had the voice for radio. It was very good, but one day the Lord called him to the ministry. I, I don't know if he was like 20, 21, something like that, and all of a sudden his, his desire or, or his calling that he thought was being shifted, and now he was going to be a preacher. He says, I don't know what to do with that. The Lord spoke to him. He says, you're going to preach in nations, and you're going to go all around the world declaring the gospel. So Dale operated in faith, and he decided, well, if I'm going to go all around the world, I'm going to have to learn to fly. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to understand that. He'd never been on a plane before, but he would drive down. I think it was at Tulsa. He would drive down to the Tulsa airport there at Tulsa, and he'd get out. He'd walk the, walk the uh, ways down to the windows where the, you know, those days you didn't have TSI or TSA. What is it? TSA. TSA. Uh, anyway, he'd he'd look around, he'd see people boarding planes and flying off, he'd see people arriving from planes, and he looked out there and he says, well, one of those is mine. One of those, belong- well, I'm going to be boarding one day. It was a matter of time that he delivered a word of God, you know, to places, and his, it, the knowledge of him grew, and people wanting him, the demands, and he couldn't get there by driving, he had to take a flight. So he, he exercised his faith accordingly. One day, I could just tell about Dale. He's got some great stories. One day, he, had a, he felt a word, uh, and this was back new, a number of years ago. And the Lord spoke to his spirit. And he said he gave him a word for uh, uh, George Bush Jr., okay? It was during his, his time there. So anyway, he thought, well, that's good. I guess i just pray on this because I don't know what else to do. Uh, with this because I certainly don't have contact with him Uh, but I'll just pray about this Lord I'll I'll speak that word by faith that he's going to hear it well a little while later he got a phone call from a guy uh, who was a a pastor I want to say in Houston and he had he had uh, learned something it was a banker but anyway a friend of his had told him about Dale Gentry and he was making a decision so he happened to get a hold of Dale and uh, he says, uh, I hear that you, you oftentimes hear from God, and I have a decision I have to make, and I need some direction and counsel on this. What, would, what do you think I should do? And he laid it out there and explained it to him. 
And so the guy says, man, that, that's just, that's perfect. That, that really answers, that settles it. I, I understand it now. And so he said, how do you do that? He says, well, I just give what God gives to me. He says, I had a word this morning as I was praying. The Lord gave me a, a word for President Bush. And he said, I don't know how I'll get it to, you, to him. He said, but the Lord gave me that word. He says, I'll call him up. He said, what? He said, he's a buddy of mine. You know, he's a banker in, in Houston. So he calls up George W. Bush and he wrote down the word that Dale had that gave it to him. So you see, faith can put us in a dimension beyond just operating with who you know and what you know and all that kind of stuff. So, but everything in the, the life that we live is a walk by faith and how far do you want to go? We need to talk by faith. Romans, the 10th chapter, says that the word of faith is near us, even in our hearts and in our mouths. So as Christians, we should be faith talkers. Amen? amen. Say that. Say by faith, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Had to take a step of faith to say amen. So we can't speak doubt or unbelief and expect to have faith. We have to get rid of those things to where what comes out of us is faith. It doesn't deny circumstances. It doesn't deny the way things are. It just says, I see in a dimension beyond that. And I declare that by faith. And he says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And Paul says, even the word of faith which we preach. How many of you know it is important for me or any preacher or anyone to deliver a word of faith, right? It's important every time we declare something or speak something, we're saying something that comes from a dimension, a spiritual dimension that's beyond that, that will cause you to move out of the area of your understanding and what's around you to lay hold of that and say, by faith, I'm going to claim that. So it's important that we give the word of faith and not the word of doubt. Anybody can stand up in here and say, in here and say, woe is me. I don't know, that's just the way it is, but brother, we're going to press on, I guess. Uh, you know? But I want a word of faith. Yeah, amen. Something that happens when we get faith, it lifts us up. We need a faith lift. Right. Amen? amen? So we walk by faith. We talk by faith. Our talk matches our walk, and our walk matches our talk. We live by faith. Hebrews 10.38 says that the just shall live by faith. Everything we do must come from an area of faith. Amen. Our life in faith. Right. Are you with me? Amen. That's how we're supposed to live. And, and not only how we're supposed to live, it's how we're equipped to live. Amen. That's how God made us. He says, you know what? You were born into a natural world, but you were born again into a spiritual world, a supernatural world, one that's beyond that. And while you're there, you need to grow as you were just a tiny baby in the Lord. You grow and grow and grow, and you live according to faith. All right. Then it says that we can give by faith. Today, we gave an offering this morning or wherever wherever you would give an offering or whatever you do, you do so with faith, yes. right? If you don't do it with faith, well, it's, it's not going to profit you anything. Amen? Right. We walk by faith, talk by faith, live by faith, so we need to give by faith. And he lays it out there 
uh, in 2 Corinthians, he says, you know what? Here's, there's two things you can do. You can give sparingly or you can give abundantly. Makes no difference. But know this, that however you sow, just like in the natural, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't get any, I didn't grow any tomatoes this year because I didn't plant any. I didn't sow any, right? You're not going to grow what you didn't sow. And however much you sow is going to determine the harvest. He says, you, it's your choice. Give sparingly, well, you'll get blessed sparingly. But if you give bountifully, you're going to get blessed bountifully. And he says, don't give it grudgingly or out of necessity. The word necessity means like strong-arming you, yeah. right? Yeah. Like when you come in and they say, it didn't cost you anything to get in, but it's going to cost you to get out, you know? <laughs> I've been in those services before where they didn't let anybody leave until they got the amount of offering that they, that they wanted. He says, that's not how you give. You might do that, but there's really no blessing attached to that if you're doing it out of being forced to or compelled to do that or you guilt trip or whatever. But he says, do it cheerfully for God loves a cheerful giver of whatever amount that is. But know that he's going to make all grace abound toward you that you have an abundance to do good works. He's talking about natural things. Are you with me? So that's the way he does it. He said he supplies seed for the sowers, and he gives bread to the eaters. So he knows how to, God knows how to take care of us. He gives us the seed. We sow the seed. Uh, it comes forth with an increase, as it says, and where we have bread and we're satisfied. We're fed as a result. So we need to do everything that we do in a realm or a dimension of faith. If we're not doing what, if we live our life and every, every, if you go from today till next week and you didn't operate or exhibit faith or, or whatever, activate your faith, you're not doing what we're supposed to do. And you're not seeing the results that you need. All right? The big thing is the results. Are you, yes. right? That's right? Okay. Hope we're there. So, faith is a muscle that it can it's, it's a size, it's measurable, it's maturing until it gets to the point where it can become mighty or miraculous. Uh, notice I pointed at these guns right up here. <laughs> I did that by not thinking, okay. <laughs> but uh, it's a muscle, and how many of you know what muscles need? They need to be exercised. So we need to exercise our faith, Right? You came this morning to get a workout, right? We had praise aerobics and uh, fitness faith. You know what I mean? Some of you praise God, and you, it's not looking good. But you praise him by faith anyway. The answer is going to come. So we exercise that muscle. You know the whole thing of use it or lose it, yeah. right? Use it or lose it. Uh, it, it, it. There's a thing called muscle atrophy, which I had uh, and they say, I didn't know this till afterwards, but I found myself just withering away, unable to do certain things, couldn't hold things, uh, because the nerves would not send a signal to my muscle to do something. So even if I went through the motions, it wasn't doing anything, it wasn't accomplishing anything. And, and so a, as a result, atrophy, uh, muscle atrophy had set in. And I didn't realize that, how bad it was. Uh, but... I asked them after I had the surgery, and I asked the therapist, they say, oh, you're doing good, you know. And I said, so what, what happens here? And they said, well, you've got these nerves that have been cut off, 
and it's gonna take them a long time to regrow, to regenerate. And the farther they are away from the affected area, the longer it's going to take. And they only grow like a tiny, tiny little bit, like a half an inch or something like that a month. So if you're, you know, if it's, if the taller you are, the worse it is, I guess. But anyway, it's going to take that much longer. And then, of course, for muscles to regain strength, it's, a, it's about like one out of three days. I mean, for every day you're down, it's going to take you three days to recover or regain. So if you haven't act or actively used something for uh, 10 months, it's, it could take you 30 months to come back. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So we have to understand that, that faith is like a muscle. If you're not operating daily by faith, your faith is not growing. In fact, it gets worse because you're not building it up. So I was thinking about the things that I know in the natural. Uh, and if you're working out, it's important that you breathe, okay? It's important that you breathe. It's, it's important that you get oxygen uh, flowing into your body or your muscles will, will whatever, tire out or waste or whatever. They won't be as effective. It's important if you're swinging a bat, you know, get a breath before that or throwing a ball or whatever it is, it's good. You have to get oxygen to flow through that. And so I was thinking about all this and how uh, the, the need for blood to flow through our body, anywhere where blood is not flowing, dies. So the life of the flesh is in the blood, is what the Bible tells us. So in the natural, I was thinking about this and how, what about water? I, I'm wasting my mind trying to capture all of this stuff. And so I called Tori and I said, Tori, I got a question about the blood. The blood, what it does, how it goes into what it does for muscles. You need to get some blood flowing. You got that. You got the water. And she says, well, you know, your body is 70% water. You all know that? Some of us just carry a lot more water. So anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 70% water. And in the blood, 90% of blood plasma is water. It's interesting. So I was thinking about all of this, and I said, that, that's pretty good. You're explaining it, but I don't know if I could, I don't know if I'm able to, uh, I don't know if I can get, do that or not. So anyway, she gives me this breakdown of how it all works. So I thought I'd show this with you today. Are you good? Yeah. Okay, so digestion. Your stomach and small intestines are filled with enzymes which break the protein into peptides combinations of at least two or three amino acids, uh, also known as your body's building blocks. I like the way she's got it laid out here to where we can understand it as though it's a, a building project. That's four, four years of research, <laughs> working in research of the blood. Anyway, other enzymes then further break down the peptides into individual amino acids. So that's all of the stuff that we eat. Uh, that's coming in. Then they have the transport. The amino acids travel directly from your gastrointestinal tract to your liver. While the liver's main job is to detoxify the blood, it also propels uh, amino acids back into your bloodstream for delivery to your muscles. Are you with me? So in response to that, your muscles are essentially buzz, uh, bundles of long fibers. 
Strength training causes micro tears in these fibers that, you're, that signal your immune system to send out a work crew, uh, growth hormones and stem cells, and they repaired the material or the uh, uh, amino acids to the damaged areas. Isn't that neat how our body does? So also our faith should be. So your, the construction aspect of this, your DNA acts as a construction foreman. And it calls up specific amino acids, directs their deployment, and assigns them their, their roles or their assignments, their duties that they're supposed to be involved in that day. The muscle fiber work crew then uses the fresh supply of amino acids to weave my, myofibrils. These are bundles of the protein filaments, myosin and actin, which are critical to the muscle contraction. So then you have the repair and the growth aspect of it. So the newly made myofibrils fuse with the damaged areas of your muscle fibers, but micro tear repair is more than just a patch job. These myofibrils also make up the muscle or make the muscle bigger and stronger than it was before. Now, what, what did I say with that? So what does that mean? That means that, that everything we do, when we begin to exercise faith, the, blood, the, the, the things that we digest, the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the blood of Jesus is able to get it throughout the body. And that could be the large body, the overall, the church. Amen. Amen. But faith then takes the blood of Jesus upon which you have been saved. And it begins to take the, the things that we need, the digest, the things that are protein and all the, the uh, vitamins and the minerals that need to get to portions of the body and even carries things there, the amino acids, and causes repair. Are you with me? Yes. And to build it up to a stronger degree. So as we exercise our faith, we can increase. You've heard me say this before. You don't begin by... Uh, you know, saying I want to bench press two, 400 pounds and get underneath that. That's not good. You got to work your way up to it. Exercising, do it a little bit at a time, this and this. And you build up. You build up. It's building blocks. And all of a sudden, the building gets in order and you're able to. That's where I want to be with faith. I want to believe God with the small things such as giving an offering, of clapping my hands and raising my hands, faith of telling somebody the gospel, giving it out there, little bitty steps like that. And as I begin to grow and I see that God's done something, I see improvement. It's measurable. It's bigger than it was. It's maturing. Are you with me? And now I can believe for miracles. We need a faith lift this morning. Amen? Amen. I had this and the Lord gave this to me when I was in the hospital two years ago, an understanding of the whole body of Christ. Ephesians 4 says that we have, he says he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Uh, I got I to gotta hurry up and close. All right. Are you all getting worn out? Your, your faith muscles are going, huh? no. I'm just, watch, watch this. The apostles, what do they represent? Well, they are foundation. They represent the structure of a body, if we can look at a body in this type. It's the muscular skeletal part of a body. Okay, the, skeletons, uh, the skeleton is, is, is like rebar going through there, but the muscle holds it together. And so that's why Jesus says everything that's been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So what are the prophets? The prophets represent that nervous system. 
that flow from the head. Jesus is the head, right? So you have the prophets as a part of the nervous system who sends signals or messages to throughout the part of the body. The reason it's called prophets is that it's got that first, that first prefix there is pro, which means before. So prophecy means to know beforehand and send a signal to where it needs to get beforehand, a word of revelation. So then you have the evangelist. What does he represent? The digestive system. The digestive system of the evangelist is he goes and he, he, uh, uh, he transports the nutrients that have been given or the food and causes growth throughout the body. Evangelistic, think about evangelistic. It grows, right? So it's that uh, area. The pastor teacher is that of the circulatory system, including the heart and the lungs, which, which uh, is spirit and blood, the word and the blood, the oxygen of the, of, of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the water of the word, and it sends it throughout the body, giving life to that. And not only does the blood give life through that means, it also gets rid of the junk that's, that's toxic, right? So as I'm giving you this today, it should be filling you up, but I should be get, you, should, you should be able to extract all the stuff that's been toxic in your life, my life too. Right? And then we've got the deliverance area, uh, which is that which gets rid of things that are unclean, the spirits that are there. That's the autoimmune system. Isn't that good? All right, give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me get you there. We've got to take a landing here. I don't want you to parachute. I'm going to bring it down. So I looked at the word please. There was two words that stood out there. One, we want to please God. We want to please God. So I looked at the Greek words that are there, and it's the word aresko, and there are multiple areas of please, like even in our dictionary, we have pleasing, pleasure, please, pleased. It's variations of that, but to look at what it says there, it comes from aresko, which means exciting or emotion. How many of you know God gets excited when you act in faith? He gets, whoo, I love it. Remember Jesus when the centurion says, just speak the word, speak the word. Jesus goes, whoa, man, that excites me. I haven't even heard that type of faith throughout all of Israel. And here you are talking about, whoa, man, he gets excited. It also is a word that's used there, uh, is a form of that, is arestos, which means it is agreeable or acceptable. It's, it's good. It excites me because it, 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 it resonates. And both of those words come from the word arrow which is how we get like a word aeroplane, airplane. Uh, it's a dimension there. So what happens is the word arrow means to lift, to raise, to take off, take up, take away, or to sail. It get, so when it begins to please God, it takes from where you're at and it lifts to a certain dimension. Faith is lifting. Amen. Amen. So all these, I looked at that and... and uh, Anyway, I looked up the Hebrew word for please, and I found the first use of, of that was in the word, uh, in the Genesis, the fourth chapter, when Abel brought a uh, sacrifice to God, but Cain just gave an offering. And his offering didn't meet what was necessary, right? And he said, Cain, come on now, you knew better than that. If you would have brought the right thing, I could have accepted that. So watch this. It didn't please God because it didn't 
And the word is nakah, which means to accept, advance, arise, to lift up, to furnish, or to stir up, stir up. You didn't do what was necessary to reach that level. Your offering didn't rise to the level that was necessary. Your worship did not rise. Had you done right, it would have risen. It could have been acceptable. It would have been pleasing. So the word please comes from a higher dimension of faith. Faith pleases God. It, it, it takes the, where we're at in this life, but it, it, it transcends and causes us to be lifted in the same degree. But it goes up into a dimension of faith by which God is pleased. It rises up. Amen? So anytime somebody brings something to you and says, would you agree in prayer with me? Say yes. Get ready for takeoff. <laughs> right? Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> We're going to go. Yeah. We're going to believe God. I'm not just going to say words. We're going to believe God. Amen. 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 That's right. Hallelujah. Good. And then the other word was impossible. Everybody say impossible. impossible. Say it is impossible, it is impossible. for Roy to preach less than 45 minutes. <laughs> seems to be that way that word means incapable it, it's 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 incapable it doesn't have the capability of pleasing God faith something done without faith doesn't have the capability of pleasing God so if we keep doing the same thing and not exercising faith it gets to a place where it's the same old same old mundane are, are you with me yeah. a routine deal it's not exhibiting faith so that word impossible in the Greek means adunatos. Adunatos is a derivative of the word there is dunamis, which means power, strength, and miraculous. The av cancels it out, so it's not power. It's not strength. It's not miraculous. You're doing something, but it's not going to get the results you want because it doesn't rise to that level. It's incapable to lift, to rise up to take up, to sail. It's incapable of arising, stirring up, or furnishing. You see, when you pray by faith, faith gets you in the dimension there that it's already furnished. It's already happening. It's already there. Does that make sense? When you're believing God for something with finances, it may not look like it on paper. It may not look like it in your situation, but by faith you wrote that and you're believing that and you say, I want my prayer to take off because I want it to go into that dimension that reaches God. Are you with me? So without faith, it's impossible or incapable to elevate, to go to the level of agreement or acceptance or to be in harmony or union with God's word. God's word is in the faith dimension. And if you're operating here and you don't connect, it's in, it, it, in other words, it's not God's choice. He said, man, you, it's impossible. I, I can't do anything with it because your faith hasn't brought it up to that level that it needs to get. We need to be building up our faith to the level that it needs to go to. Amen? Amen. That was a good point to shout. Uh, shout. So Hebrews, the fourth chapter he talked about those people who got the same word. He said, but you know what? The gospel didn't even promise, uh, profit them. The word that they got did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. So every word that we read, we have to read it through the eyes of faith and the faith dimension and then operate or activate, access that realm. It's the realm of power. It's the realm of the strength. It's the realm of the miraculous. And that's the only way we get things to happen is through operating and pray, praying in faith. If you have faith and believe, okay? Remember our salvation 
doesn't even come without us speaking it and believing, right? He says that, that uh, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you're saved. So if, if, if believing God and speaking I'm saved gives us salvation, wouldn't that work for healing? Yeah. Right? Amen. By faith in his word, I'm healed. But the doctor didn't say so. I know he said that, but I'm, I'm talking about a different dimension. Amen. In the di- dimension or realm of faith, I'm going to take up, and I'm going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep on ascending. I'm going to keep on doing what's necessary because I want my need to come into agreement with God's desire. Amen. Amen. Right. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah, the 55th chapter, verses 8 and 9. Amen. We're done. Everybody stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. So here he kind of explains it, Isaiah. He says, watch this. My th- God is speaking here. God says, okay, my thoughts are in a different dimension than yours. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are at a lower level, but my thoughts are at a higher level. He said, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens, just an illustration or example, as the heaven is higher than uh, than your uh, than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. And he says, but I, just as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, it waters the earth, and the earth brings forth bud, and it springs forth, and it grows, and you have fruit. He said, my word is going to prosper that to which it was sent for that purpose. So when we want God's word to accomplish what it's been sent to do, we have to connect with that word in a faith dimension. All right? Amen? Amen? Is that okay? Do you understand this? Amen. All right. So what I want to do is I want to ask you, and we'll just, I'm not asking for anybody to come down, but I want you to connect your faith with something that you have need of. They're probably watching over in, in, in the hospital in St. Louis today. Amen. And that family was, is gathered, and they're believing God, and they're relying on other people to believe God. Amen. Uh, Heather's believing God for Donnie today Uh, there are many people believing God for something and I'm just encouraging them connect your faith with what God's will is today wherever you're at those of you who are here just be bold don't be shy on me how many of you got something that you're praying about and you really don't see you don't know there's not a it's not you know what I mean there's no visible right everything kind of goes against it but today you want to go out of the realm of the natural and say, God, I want to connect with that realm. Yes. Yes. I want to connect with, lift up your hands again. Even if you didn't lift them up before, lift them up now. Amen. I want you to lift them up as though you are reaching, reaching to get to that level, reaching to get to that dimension. Amen. Let your faith be lifted. He says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He says he's called you by name. You don't have to fear. You don't have to worry. He cancels out fear. Don't let that hold you down. Get lift this morning. Let your faith cancel the fear. Let your confession line up with what God's word is. You're healed. You're whole. You have a job. You're getting a better job. 
You're going to do this. You're going to meet someone. Whatever that is, whatever your connection is today, I want you to lay hold of that and say, God, I'm trusting and I'm believing you right now. Say it. Confess it. I hope God heard you because I didn't. Okay. Say, I'm trusting and believing in you, God. Take me higher than I've ever been. And let me see your hand your miracles happening in the name of Jesus. And I believe, according to your word, it is so. And it is settled in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now take those hands and begin to put them together and scare the enemy off. Scare the enemy off. My mom used to have a garden, and there would always be some, you know, kind of critter getting out there, and she'd get out there and she'd clap her hands, and that thing would run. Yeah. How many of you know we got to do that to the devil sometimes? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. Clap those hands. Make some noise. Amen? Yeah. Father, I thank you for answers to prayer today. Yeah. I thank you for answers to prayer today and what's coming forth, Father. And I thank you for eyes of faith that begin to see things shift and shake and move around and answers being given in the name of Jesus. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for miracles. And may we as a church rise to the level, rise to the level of faith that we can become everything that your word has desired for us to do. And we believe it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone say, Amen. amen. I love you. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Don't miss out. You never know what God has next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining.